Century Fox did not produce this. <laughs> no, 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 they did not. Um, but who did produce this is Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, and I am your host, Diego Crespo. I'm glad you also thought to write that down. <laughs> no, no, I have the Wikipedia page open. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> that guy's that guy's interesting. We'll talk about him in a second. Okay, good. I don't know that much about him, but uh, yeah, that is my co-host, Macaringo. Hi. Hi. Weird opening on this one for a, a not super weird film, but uh, we're here to continue our uh, failed blockbuster series, which uh, has has been a, an odd ride, to say the least, because every yes. film has been so radically different. Mm. Uh, this one might be the most normal film we're going to talk about. This is this is the one that is like of the ones we're talking about is the most slam dunk should be a hit movie of anything we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's director and Kim it, Ji Woon's The Last Stand, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of people, and also Johnny Knoxville who got co billing on the poster because he's Johnny Knoxville. Above fucking Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> oh, here you go. I'll, I'll do the rundown. Above Forrest Whitaker. Rodrigo Santoro, who's not that big of a star, but you'll, you'll know him if you see him. Jamie Alexander, who was riding high on the Thor franchise at the time. Mm-hmm. Luis Guzman. The Goose. Peter Stormare, who is <laughs> just incredible in everything. I don't like when he's not in movies at this point. Yeah. Um, Zach Guilford. Genesis Rodriguez. Uh... You, you, another one, if you, you'll recognize her if you see her. Um, but yeah, a, a fun cast. A lot of these people are people you recognize, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've seen them in like some TV thing. <laughs> and then you don't remember it. But yeah, a fun cast. Arnold Schwarzenegger's return to the big screen after a decade. It's his first. It was his first uh, lead role since Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Yeah. Thanks for being my governor, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know enough about his reign to to contest it. I, I'm I'm not that well versed uh, on California politics, but he didn't fuck us up for life, so good job. I, he might have. Oh, might okay. Have. Never mind. He might have. He, he he also like kind of got into politics because of Enron. That's a whole story. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, to give Arnold some credit, nowadays he just goes on Twitter. And will like hold the Conan sword <laughs> and like call out fascists. Like, yeah, look, no one's perfect, is, but that Schwarzenegger video is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's like that's that's what I want Arnold to be doing in in retirement from politics. Yeah, I quite frankly, I I am glad he can't run for president. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I'll say about Arnold's politics. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but I, I like him as an right. actor and like as a celebrity. It is kind of nuts that it's like. Ronald Reagan, actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger, actor. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, actor. And then fucking Donald Trump, reality show host. <laughs> Pretend businessman. Yeah. It's like a it's a weird it's a weird thing. And I think that feeds into like the weird we're already getting into like Arnold's whole thing, but I think one of the things about Arnold is that you can kind of imagine that movies like this commando 
Predator, it's like all the same guy in some weird way. Because Arnold can't not be Arnold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except for Total Recall. I guess. There's enough going on there. There's enough, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) even, like, like, it's it's just always Arnold. So when whenever his characters have a fun line, it's like Arnold had a good line, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas like the the exact counterpart Stallone, there is a a difference between Rambo and Rocky, you know. Yeah, like you can differentiate the two. <laughs> Whereas With- Arnold is just Arnold. <laughs> Yeah, I um I know Stallone's in a weird place politically as well because I know yeah it's but he he's a not, fantastic actor when he has know, the material he's so, he's so good it's such a shame yeah. <laughs> I I said it uh, in 2015 I I was bummed when he didn't win for uh, uh Creed, Creed for best yeah. supporting actor that, that was, was like, like was a slam dunk so teed up for him to do it yeah you know? yeah um yeah. the the other dude got it and he's like good but. Come on, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, The Last Stand. Sh- should we talk about production more, or should we just talk about our thoughts for a second? Uh, let's talk about our thoughts for a second. What did you think, Diego? I liked the first half a lot. Mm-hmm. Once it gets going for the titular Last Stand, mm-hmm. it's like so close to a five-star movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, this movie is a build-up to The Last Stand. Yeah, and (laughs) it's consistently entertaining. Mm -hmm. I was actually surprised that I was like, oh, there's only 45 minutes left. Like, it's a film all about setup and payoff, like, in its DNA. It's not just there for, like, fun flourishes. And that's all it tries to achieve, and it succeeds (laughs) completely. You know? It, it's it, it is a total crowd pleaser. Like I said, it's a crowd pleaser. It like in its setup, it is like this is gonna be a solid movie, and then it's now it's here on our failed blockbuster list. Yeah. Um the budget was forty five million and it only made forty eight point three million dollars. It was a January release. It, it kind of kneecaps Schwarzenegger's whole like comeback because he never really like you know, it still feels like there's the Arnold Schwarzenegger comeback coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and look, I'm no fan of it at all. But Terminator mm-hmm. Genesis did pretty well, like, yeah. considering... But I think that is the other death nail for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that... Because that is easily the worst Terminator movie. There's which some is competition, shocking, but yes. Because Mick G directed one of them. Yeah. And, but, like, that's easily the worst Terminator film. The one that, like just doesn't understand why people like the Terminator films, right? Yeah, it, it's... Not to talk about them again, but, like, it's kind of a, the Marvel Presents Terminator A little movie. bit, yeah. And it, it's trying to it's trying to just rewrite the franchise, and it's like, people don't want you to rewrite the franchise. Yeah, people just... I mean, that's what it comes down to with a lot of franchise stuff in general, not to talk about something else already, but, like, don't rewrite anything. Just do a good one. <laughs> do a good yeah. movie. There's tons of, and then the sad thing is that Dark Fate is like really good. Um, we've both talked up Dark Fate. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what we were supposed to be talking about, but then we just ended up talking about Dark Fate. But we did an episode where we talked about Dark Fate. Yeah, it, it was something else, and we both surprisingly liked it. That that's like yeah. a three star movie, three point five. If you want to get really like specific. Three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is not as good as The Last Stand, but like there there's enough going on in that movie, and it's got a heart. But Dark Fate bombed. Like, Dark, Dark Fate was a bomb, and 
to bring it back to the Stallone comparison, Stallone seems to know, like, what to do with his characters and, like, his comebacks. Except for the recent Rambo. Yeah, but, like, even then, like, I think that appealed to its audience. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, yes. Like, I think it appealed to its... I'm, I'm, I'm not talking in terms of quality, really, just in terms of, like, being out there mm-hmm. and, like, being a name where it's, like... Because he's done... He's brought Rocky and Rambo back twice now. Yeah. Like, they, he's done both of those guys twice. Mm-hmm. And... And now it's like, you know, and off of the, the first time he did it, that's how he got, like, the Expendables films, and that's how he started, like, this weird little mini comeback. He got Walter Hill out of retirement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, um, a movie that no one liked and it bombed. I, I liked that one. I thought it was solid. I have not seen it. Um, I've been meaning to. I believe it came out around the same time as this one. Yeah. And it well, got, thing, it's like, like it, I remember it getting better reviews, which I, I would not agree with. I was just going to bat for it, but this is a better movie than that. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it was that thing of people, like, the when does, like, Expendables 3 come out? Uh, like, 2014, I believe. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the time when it's, like, everyone's, like, run out of goodwill mm-hmm. for those movies, you know? Yeah. And, like, so that's, like, all right, then everyone's on the downturn again. Arnold, like, enters when the downturn is happening. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because this and is 2013. Then, and then uh, Stallone has just he has just kind of done his comeback yet again with Creed and then Last Blood. And now he's, like, you know, he's cameoing in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And now he's fucking King Shark in a fucking superhero film. <laughs> like, he's now he's, like, doing the, like, this is what late-era Stallone is probably going to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And Arnold, like, still kind of hasn't found that yet. Even though I think he has picked much more interesting projects than Stallone. I agree. In the, in um, the past, like, decade. Uh, I don't know if you saw Maggie. Maggie's terrific. Okay, I, I don't think it's terrific, but it's a very good movie. For what it is. And no, no, no totally. Hear, it, and it's a like, very low-budget movie. And, and uh, Schwarzenegger does, like, kill it in that movie. Yeah. Which is, like, shocking to say about him as an actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was him or, like, the directing, but something, you know, uh, something clicked there. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, there's another movie that we maybe will talk about another time. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, like, Escape Plan the same year as this, which I think was kind of positioned as, like, that will actually be the comeback movie. Oh, yeah, because Stallone, then, like, is also in that. And yeah, Stallone's no. also in it, but then it's, like, we already, you guys already did Expendables too, So it's, like, not as, like, unique to put those guys together now. Mm-hmm. You know, Remember when he was, like, in all the trailers for Expendables 1 and that was, like, his whole scene? Yeah. Yeah, like, which I think, like, I think that hurt him more than helped him. I think so, too. Like, if, it, if that had been a cameo that we weren't expecting, that would have been, like, oh, fuck, when is he coming back, you mm-hmm. know? It would have been a good preview for what came later, but instead, that didn't happen. Then he goes, did you see Aftermath? No, what is that? A- Aftermath is this really fucked up, like, drama, kind of, like, revenge movie about, like, the aftermath of, if I remember correctly, Schwarzenegger's family died in, like, a plane crash. And it's just, like, it's like a drama film. Matt, be honest. Is it about 9-11? No, it is not. Okay. <laughs> it is not. It is not. I, I, w- I would say it. Okay, okay. But, uh... It's, like, it's not, like, amazing, but it's Arnold, like, going for, like, a straight kind of drama role, almost. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really fascinating. It's very dour. 
Um, there is a theme of him picking very dour films now that he's back. Yeah, and you know, it's not even that he like can't do it. It's just the movies aren't clicking with people for some reason. Yeah. Then he does like, did you see Killing Gunther? Did you see that? No. Killing Gunther was a movie. It's a comedy film uh, made by Taron Killam, who was on uh, SNL. Oh, I, I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a movie where it's like it's they're they're trying these assassins are making a documentary about getting together to kill the top assassin, this guy named Gunther. Now, clearly, I have seen it. Clearly, the joke was supposed to be, you find out at the end it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Mm-hmm. Well, whoever bought the, the theatrical rights to it decided to put Arnold on, like, every poster and in every trailer. <laughs> oh. Even though he only shows up in, like, the last ten minutes. No way. Yeah. It, it works if you approach the film in the way that, like, that was supposed to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> oh. I'm looking at the poster right now, and it's him. And, like, Taron Gillum is, like, right, Killam is, like, right behind him. Oh, that's like, too bad. Yeah, it's that. That's like someone like a marketing thing that kind of fucked it up. Yeah, uh, is it and, is it worth checking out? Um, I had a fine time. It's not like I wouldn't say it's like a masterpiece, but it has it has its moments. Uh, Bobby Moynihan's in it. And I just think that guy is fucking hysterical. Oh yeah, my uh, I will always refer to him as my last Jedi buddy. So yeah. yeah. Hopefully he liked Last Jedi. Hey, look, we were I saw everyone in our row at least, and I heard sniffles throughout that movie. I heard the cheers. We were clapping. We've talked about it enough, but people are, are fucking bullshitting themselves if they didn't like that. Yeah, did on you first go to viewing. any? Did you go to a single theatrical experience of Last Jedi that wasn't like the audience wasn't through the room? Yeah, no. Yeah, everyone's out of their fucking mind. And then, then now let's compare that to the Rise of Skywalker audience. Yeah, which, which everyone was like, yeah. Halfway through, people stopped reacting to that movie. Yeah, halfway through, it's <laughs> it, it's just dead in the theater. <laughs> Like, it was like a fucking dead body. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, which, and like, we're, again, we're two of the bigger defenders of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and still, it was garbage. And you know what? Like, uh, Schwarzenegger doesn't need, like, a Star Wars level hit to come back, like, as, oh, yeah, yeah this is the, the last great Arnold role or anything like that. I remember early tidbits of, like, Avatar 2 when Cameron was really gearing up production at the beginning of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Like, 2013, 2014, <laughs> I think, um, were, like, I, I think it was rumored that Schwarzenegger was going to be the villain, and then that was, like, debunked, and that didn't happen, but yeah. people got really excited about that, and I, I think yeah. it's because people do like Arnold as an action star. Yeah, I think there's a way to use him that no one has really found out. Like, no one can figure it out, really, and... I liked him in Dark Fate, even though, like, he is kind of, like, a glorified cameo in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he only shows up in the third act, which is act- which was the right way to use him, which I think is the mistake of Genesis is that he was so front and center, you know? I mean, it's also directed by Alan Taylor. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, no, the the Carl character, as we'll call him from Dark Fate. Yeah. That, you know what? That's a very sweet, touching little role. Yeah. It's it's great, and mm-hmm. it's it's a weird like here's a movie that you didn't know happened that happened, mm-hmm. like, and it's it's terrific, and now it's like I'm looking at this filmography and it's like his up next role is the president in the fucking Kung Fury sequel. I'm not ashamed of all my takes from the mid 2010s. Mm-hmm. I am a little ashamed of being enamored with the original Kung Fury though. What was that? Um. 
I think that was like the boiling point of internet epic lol bacon culture, you know? Yeah. And now it's just like, oh yeah, that was popular at one point. Yeah. I'm, Whoops. I'm like, Sorry, everyone. Oh my god, Michael Fassbender's in it. Yeah, he's Hitler in it. He's the Kung Fuhrer. It doesn't say that here. Oh, I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it says... Uh, Good luck, everyone. It says another guy is playing Hitler. Oh, really? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, it says the Lonely Island guy is doing it. Oh. Um, oh. Whatever. That's a bad idea. Yeah, I, the Kung Fury thing, I think... I also think underrated. There was an era, which I think is what saved SNL, too. Um, when I, I remember in the Tumblr era... There was something about you could take a screenshot from something, and the screenshot would actually be funnier than watching it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think Kung Fury had that energy. Where if you saw a screenshot of Kung Fury out of context, it was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you actually watch it, it's like the least funny thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and SNL also had that energy where like you could take a screenshot from their skits, but to actually watch it is, like, not funny. <laughs> and now it's just not funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. People seem... They're, like, defenders of SNL. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell people it. to their face they're wrong about that. <laughs> I've never really understood it. Although I'm, like, the one guy in America that, like, didn't get Stefan. I, I think it's, like, Bill Hader. Yeah, but, like, it, it, even that's not funny. <laughs> Bill Hader's funny. Bill Hader's funny, but, like, that's... It's, it's just him saying weird things. I mean, that did kind of pass for comedy for, like, a decade. But am I supposed to be there being like, oh, yeah, we all know a guy like Stefan. Like, I don't know a guy like Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) Or is, like, it's supposed to be, like, a... Like, am I I supposed to be like, oh, that's what people in L.A. are like, you know? I don't understand. I never got Stefan. (laughs) I'm sorry. Stefan retrospective? Absolutely not. (laughs) The only thing funny about Stefan was, like, Bill Hader breaking. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's the one thing that will always be funny, you know? But it's, like, that's just funny because you're watching someone laugh. Yeah, I mean, like, the best stuff of SNL in, like, the last decade are the Ryan Gosling stuff. Because he just can't. He just can't. can't, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he can't not laugh. Yeah, and he's great. And also, when when it's a, like, digital thing, he totally commits. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he, he... Oh, the Avatar he, one, the Papyrus yeah. one? Yeah. That's, like, a genuinely funny bit. I will say, I gotta say, like, I hate to give credit to something like this, but, like, that David Pumpkin sketch is actually, like, a well-written comedy sketch. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It has one thing that so many comedy sketches don't have, which is an ending. <laughs> it has a joke ending, which makes sense. <laughs> and the skeletons are... Part of it. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, again, David Pumpkins was, like, a surprise thing, remember? Mm. And it aired, like, a week before Halloween. Suddenly, everyone was David Pumpkins at Halloween. And then, like, there was, like, 30 more David Pumpkins thing after that, which no one has talked about. Have there really? I thought they did one they, more, but, like... They did, like, a whole Halloween special hosted by David Pumpkins. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's too bad. Yeah. Like... Well, you know, you're already like, seeing, like, because uh, the, the weekend meme on Twitter... Where Daniel yeah. Craig introduced the weekend right before COVID hit. It's like this eternal bit now online. Yeah. And it will continue to funnier. be so until Saturday Night Live gets a hold of it. And then yeah. they're going to, like, smash it into the ground. Yeah, Dan- once they get Daniel Craig back to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. like, But it's like, 
That's uh, think about that though. That's funnier than anything SNL did in the last year. Yeah. Like, where everything's just embarrassing. <laughs> you didn't like the Super Mario skit? You know what? I've only seen the picture, so I can't fully judge it. <laughs> Why'd you be like it the feels... one guy that was like, no, 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 that was funny. <laughs> it feels wrong of me to judge a comedy skit I have not seen. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. I have some integrity, Diego. How dare you? Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what, what do we think about the comedy in The Last Stand to bring it back? Um, all right, here's something I guess going to be like, um, um, this is directed um, by Kim Ji Woon, who's a. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I thought, because you were like, this is directed, and then I'm like, that moment. Oh, no. <laughs> no, um, it is no, directed, no. and that's a benefit over most of the action movies we've seen yeah. in the last five well, years. One thing I was going to say, it's directed by Kim Ji Woon, who's a South Korean director. Um, he did, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, and I Saw The Devil, which are, like, two fucking crazy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting director, and I have a certain fascination with, uh, foreign directors making American action films. Yeah. Because you always get, like, a window into how they view America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, like, classic shit where it's, like, all Americans wear cowboy hats. <laughs> All Americans have guns. And it's like, yep. <laughs> That's a take. <laughs> it also and might be accurate. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's not inaccurate. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but it's like, also something where it's like, he, like, John, it's weird where it's like, Schwarzenegger was clearly like, part of the funding. I'm guessing Johnny Knoxville was part of getting the budget for this. Like, the whole idea was it's Schwarzenegger-Knoxville. Like, that's the poster, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if the director had anything to do with it, but you feel like he maybe had a choice in, like, Louise Guzman or, like, Peter Stormare or Harry Dean Stanton showing up. Like, those feel like maybe were his choices. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just gives, like, a we- uh, an interesting view of, like, his take on the American action film. No, I... I... I'm glad you said that, because this did remind me, like, okay, Verhoeven, his first English language film was, um, what's that, Blood and, Fire and Blood? Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood, thank you. And, but then Robocop is this big American film, and he's, Mm -hmm. you know, that film's, he's talking about, like, oh, this is, like, a story about progress at, uh, um, at the expense of, like, individuals and stuff like that. And then you've got John Woo's Hard Target. Yeah, which is yeah. his first American film. It's a story about rich people hunting poor people for money and sport. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really am glad you brought that up. This would make a nice trilogy with those. I think yeah, those are yeah. superior films, but you know, if you want to get like like a deeper reading into how other uh, film cultures view America, it's not a bad way to go. Well, I also, I also think of Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct. Where, the uh, horniest film ever made. I mean, there's that, but there's also just like a cowboy bar <laughs> in the middle of it, and it's a movie like set in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, his partner on the weekend dresses up like a cowboy, <laughs> goes to a cowboy bar. <laughs> we all have a friend who does that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I will say actually, um, maybe not the heart of L.A. Um, but a lot of uh, Latinx communities here. There, there are definitely. You'd be surprised what places actually house horses and stuff like that. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, there's a difference between that and like white guy cowboys in LA. <laughs> is all I'm saying. 
Okay, like, that yeah. makes more sense, but, like, no, like, we have fake cowboys now in America. White guys are all fake cowboys now. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like Ted Cruz putting on, like, a cowboy hat, you yeah. know? We had a president who was a fake cowboy. <laughs> the only one in that family who actually had a Texas accent. Like, that's that's a weird American thing. We're all cowboys, and this movie is, like, straight up trying to be, like, a Western. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like, like the ideal modern Western. It's like high noon. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the bad guys are coming to town. <laughs> Got to do something about it. And it's totally like, instead of like, you know, a horse chase, there's like, there's a chase with like cars. <laughs> like, instead of the train coming to town, there's like this tank, like with a bridge on it. Like, it's all these like very weird choices that like feel like it's trying to be an American action film. And... It also feels a little throwbacky because we don't really make action movies like this anymore. And this isn't um, even a decade old. I know, but like, but I'm not even saying like if you it felt like a throwback when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a '90s action movie a little bit. I had that in my notes. If this came out in the '90s, it would be like a stone cold classic. Yeah, and like unfortunately, I think throwback is getting thrown around a lot today mm-hmm. to describe a movie where it was like. We didn't intend this to be a fro- throwback movie, but we made a bad movie, so we're going to call it a throwback movie <laughs> and hope idiots believe it. <laughs> like, that seems to be, like, a new marketing term. But this genuinely feels like a 90s action movie. And the only difference is I feel like the 90s action film, everyone except Schwarzenegger would die. <laughs> yeah, I-, I think it would be a little angrier. Because this isn't, like, a mean-spirited film. No, no. It's got a lot it's actually got a lot of heart to it. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't I didn't think it would uh cuz I I did which watch this. Which is weird years if you've ago, seen but, if you've yeah. seen I saw the devil, which is like a very crazy mean film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um did you see this in theaters? No, I didn't see it in theaters, but I did uh it was on cable or something like that and I was like, "Hey, this is pretty good." Yeah. You know? And and now I like it even more. Like maybe it's just me missing like filmmaking <laughs> but like because i've seen some stinkers this year well a movie where we're not going in where it's like this is a character we've seen a thousand times because it's on a lunchbox somewhere yeah maybe know? but like even like just the way standard coverage quote-unquote is shot in this film it's like well what's the most interesting way to frame this and it's like well yeah. it'd be kind of cool if we saw people coming in from this angle we put the camera back here in this corner mm-hmm. we kind of follow them and then we'll kind of turn it and it's like you don't need to film this like like a Hitchcock thriller. Yeah. But there are Let's moments where, like... weird scene where Harry Dean Stanton and Peter Stormare face off, and one of them's on a tractor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, yeah. why did he shoot it that way? It's not... Yeah. It's, it's, like, the right way to shoot that scene for this director, but it's, mm-hmm. like, an American director would never think of that. No, and would never be encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, um... And I do think there was something... Like, this is, like, the weird last gasp movie of, like, older Hollywood. Um, this is produced by, uh, Lorenzo D. Bonaventura. <laughs> Bonaventura. Bonamanapia. Sure. Um, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, has a connection to, uh, this, uh, this series we're doing. <laughs> because he was the head of Warner Brothers until, like, 2002. Oh, he was an executive one of us, had his hand in shit like The Matrix, Harry Potter, 
and Wild Wild West. Wow. <laughs> and the unmade Superman Lives. I believe he was a big part of that, like, the Death of Superman Lives documentary. Oh, that, well, thank you, Lorenzo. <laughs> um, yeah, he's an interesting character. And he was, like, a guy where, like, he had set up his own company, he'd been making movies. He also has a big hand in those Transformers movies. That one I did know. Um, but if you look at eh. his filmography... <laughs> And you see, like, a movie that comes out, and then you're like, fucking, how did this get made? Like, this feels like a movie that should have been made ten years ago, right? Mm -hmm. He probably produced it. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot of those under his belt. Like, shit like Stardust, or Red. Did you ever see Red? I did. I I didn't hate it. I I thought it was okay. Yeah. Like, uh, Salt. uh, Yeah, I was about to say Salt, which is, like, Mm -hmm. a good movie, and everyone was kind of waiting on a sequel that just never happened. You know, I never saw Saul. Yeah, it's a solid movie. Um, mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, one of our, our greatest movie stars, kind of needs to be back in the spotlight, if you ask me. But that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. She's got the Eternals coming. I don't, I don't have anything there. <laughs> you know what I gotta say, though? I think the fact that all the jokes in that trailer were terrible is actually a good sign. <laughs> Why? Because that means they couldn't find jokes to put in the trailer. Oh, Okay. Maybe. If there were better jokes, they would have been in the trailer. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So, that gives me some hope. Yeah, yeah. I always, whenever I see a movie where the trailer feels kind of off, or where the humor dies in the trailer, it's not a comedy. That always get like, I'm always a little interested in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm gonna pay attention to that one. And sometimes there's something happens. Sometimes you get, like, a uh, fucking, uh... Oh, God, what the fuck was that movie? Mortal Engines. Yeah, yeah. It was like, all those trailers felt bad. Mm-hmm. You're watching, you're like, oh, that's because they did not know how to market this. <laughs> and that's that's the hope I'm getting, because that's why... Because Marvel, say we will about them, they don't know how to fucking market their shit. So if they suddenly can't market a movie, that gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like the James Gunn thing. I have faith in this filmmaker. I, I don't have faith in them, like... In, in the post-production pipeline. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, I, I'm, uh, be... I'm pro-Chloe Zhao. Yeah. But now I'm worried that because of the reaction to that trailer, there's going to be, like, a fucking brouhaha behind the scenes. I don't know. The general response was pretty positive, I felt. I don't know. I only, all, all I saw was people dunking on it. But, maybe but to be fair, like, I, like, our familiar corners of film Twitter, that that's very common. <laughs> but even the people that weren't, like, that aren't, like anti MCU, we're also making jokes at the expense of the trailer. Okay, I didn't see that. It felt, it felt like, like I think their take was like, "Where were these guys these last few years?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which is a bad nerd joke. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of funny. So I think the nerds have already turned on the movie, which isn't a good sign in terms of box office. Hey, you know where I stand on on all this stuff? That I, I think the wave is about to to come crashing down on yeah. like every superhero thing. Regardless uh, of quality. It still feels like it, it feels like this weird moment where like they're actually trying something with a few of these movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and, that's what's gonna happen. That's that's a shame. You know, it's like so. Nightmare on Elm Street Five, people hated it, and then you get Freddy's Dead, people hated it, mm-hmm. and then you get New Nightmare, and no one cares anymore. Yeah. Although Nightmare Five is also good. People are wrong about that. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally didn't know. Uh, oh, did I mention he had a... I, I mentioned the Wild Wild West connection. Yeah, yeah. I did that. All right. 
Um, all right, uh, you should all go watch this movie if you haven't seen it. I guess. Oh yeah, before, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna spoil we, a little bit while we talk about it. We're gonna probably spoil the whole fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> um, but because that's what we do on this show. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's, it's a very simple one, film. Very simple movie. It's a good like late night one. It's one I think you can get like multiple people on board with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you got those friends over that aren't like movie fans, but they could they'll watch something. Yeah, and I this... think uh, Action Junkies. Like, if you haven't seen this, because I looked at the letterbox and a lot of my mutuals haven't even logged it. So yeah. I, I I think people are gonna be in for like a real like pleasant surprise when you do check it out. It's a real hidden gem. Um, yeah, like good late night movie. Like I said, we start off with a very fast car. And you're like, Fast and Furious? And it's kind of... Well, it's a car that's so fast, like, you barely notice it. Yeah, I really like, I really like that opening. And it's like, it, the, the joke is that the, the cop ends up going like, oh, better tell the, the, the F, FCC? Who is it? FDA? Who, who the fuck? I forget. I think he, I thought he just called it in. He called it in. He's like, you better call the blah, 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 blah. Whatever. The air traffic control, I'll say. And he's like, you better tell them someone's flying low for jokes or something like that. And it's like, ha, 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 couldn't even register how fast the car was going. And then it's like, then we just get the map of the movie. It basically just goes like, this is the fucking movie. There's a guy making a run for the border. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the last guy standing in his way. (laughs) That's the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. And then it it starts coloring in the movie a little bit as we go on. We get some, some of the... The townsfolks, we get real basic premise, real basic character outlines, and then the movie does a good job of, like, filling in those relationships. It's nothing, like, super complex, but it also doesn't have to be. It's that one thing where it's like, oh, someone put some effort in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, know, not not every movie needs to be, um, like, challenging our expectations or, like, uh, you know, like, I think now to sell a movie like this, you set up Schwarzenegger as the hero, and then you kill him off, and it's like, well, now what are they going to do? And you can do a good movie like that, but that's not what this is. This is just classic yeah. action filmmaking. We also think of, like, a, I just saw I saw a, a Bob Odenkirk action film, Nobody. How was it? Um, I liked it, but a big reason of why I liked it is that it's, like, a 90-minute film, and it's it, the basic premise is, like, what if John Wick was a family man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if that this ultimate killer was that? And what if he looked like Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> and But the movie, like, anytime it introduces something, it has, like, a lot of personality to it. Like, it adds a little bit of flair where it's like, it didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But doing that is what, like, makes it stand out, you know? Yeah. And that's what, like, the, the villain of the film, to give one thing as an example, like, he, he owns a nightclub. And every night he, like, performs. He, like, sings a song in front of the nightclub because he loves, like, being the center of attention. And he's also very bad at it. (laughs) It's like, that's a weird villain choice. (laughs) And there's just a lot of that here where it's, like, there's just little character details. Some are very obvious with, like, the one cop who's like, I just want to get to the big city, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a little more. But then you get stuff like, like, here's the thing. Like, Johnny Knoxville is, like, the local kook, right? Mm -hmm. You know? He's, like, the goofy guy. He's the guy who has all the weapons, so when shit goes down, we know we're going to go to him, right? Yeah. So, like, that character exists in, like, dozens of action films. <laughs> but the the detail, I think, they give him that set him apart 
is that he has an excuse for why he has all the weapons. Yes. Which is that he's running a museum <laughs> out of his shack that is like very clearly in front. And he's like, and I, and he's like, and I got the tax statements to prove it. Open every second Thursday of every month. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, clearly, like, like that is a detail you did not need. Mm-hmm. A laser film would just be like, he's like, hey, I just found it, Sheriff, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, my cousin gave it to me. Or like, my uncle was a nom. Like, like, lazier shit like that. And instead, like, they gave him, like, this weird character quirk where it's like, he's gone out of his way to collect these weapons under the guise that he's a museum curator. Yeah, I mean, that, that, like, launched this movie into, like, the stratosphere of entertainment. <laughs> Um, I will say, like, my biggest criticisms are really just in the front half because I think the character stuff, like, that it's setting up and, like, the, the conflict setup, it's all solid. I also think this is where the director gets to stretch his muscles the least, like, yeah. cinematically. So it's not even, like, bad. It's just, like, knowing where it's all going and how it starts paying off and, like, his little visual flourishes that are really fun. It's just the least interesting part of the film. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but I, you know. But there is a lot of a good, like, I think there's some good character stuff, especially with Arnold, who shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he gets, like, a good introduction as, like, he's the sheriff, he's, like, a stickler. He tells that one guy, he's like, hey, you gotta move your car. But it's like, isn't it your day off? <laughs> Everyone's laughing at him. <laughs> and uh, then he, like, goes get some food, notices strangers at the diner and he's like something's up because that guy's peter stormare <laughs> yeah. yeah that's literally it they weren't doing anything it, strange you know because like just, sometimes in action movies it's like there's like some rowdy henchman they're like hey yeah. call this waitress over start calling her honey and stuff like that yeah might try to like like sexually assault her or something and if you want to like push exploitation like boundaries. this wants to be like history of violence or something like that yeah yeah and this one is just like <laughs> you know what though? i just got an image if arnold was the lead in a history of violence and then people are like, I never saw it coming from him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> A movie where woman's like, can you believe it? He took down those guys. Although, to be fair, that is also part of the charm and joke of something like Total Recall. Where it's like, yeah, he's just yeah. a lowly construction worker. And he's built, like, the fucking yeah, Great Wall. He's a construction worker. <laughs> like, and then it's like he's a diner owner. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I was born in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name's not Jimmy. Um, <laughs> Woo! This is my brother William Hurt. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, that would have been incredible. <laughs> um, like would totally sabotage that movie. Oh yeah, it yeah. Also be kind of fun to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, but like he just immediately picked, and Peter Stormare, he is doing an accent. <laughs> I don't know what accent though. <laughs> no, you know what? Peter Stormare is one of my favorite. I was talking about. No, I am not even he's... saying it's it's a bad choice. No, no, no. Yeah, but he's one of my favorite like character actors. I guess we'll just say because he'll always yeah. play someone as gross as possible, whether or not <laughs> yeah. the role calls for it. Like, he's in, like, I think a couple episodes of Arrow as Count Vertigo, the new Count Vertigo. Oh, and hey, he that's just, a good choice. Yeah, no, he fucking kills it. Oh, my God. It's like, God. that's perfect, right? Like, why isn't he that. in, like, every DC project ever now? 
Yeah. Um, but he's so good, and he's so he can do whatever. I, I would love to see him cast in like a heroic role, because no one would expect that. First of all. Yeah. Um, but he plays a fantastic henchman. Like he plays a he plays a B list villain in Bad Boys Two, and he's killed off before the final and fourth act of that film. And that's the only like criticism I have of that film. He was in uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. He was tons of and fun in that. I think I first saw him in Armageddon. Oh yeah, that yeah. That that's the first uh, crossover he has with Bay. Where he's a where he's a Russian, even though he's very clearly Swedish. <laughs> yeah, but his accents. Listen to him like in more recent stuff. He he just talks like that now. I think I know, that's just yeah. him. It's just him. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He was Satan in Constantine. I forgot that. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's had a hell of a career. And he's in he has like a cameo in John Wick too. Yeah. Which I honestly is like a good choice, I think. No, he's perfect like, for that franchise. I don't know why yeah. he isn't in all of them, quite frankly. I feel like he's a good guy that like comes back in like four, you know? That would be great. Like or something like that. Yeah, he's a real uh real interesting character he plays just the weirdest roles in the weirdest way possible mm-hmm. but you'll never forget him he's kind yeah, of no, like it, the ultimate that guy i i would guess but i think at this time for my generation who aren't like movie fans they would probably know remember when he did those like volkswagen commercials oh yeah you remember those those like everyone like my age knew him from that mm. <laughs> and i'm like you mean the guy from fargo <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and it's like, like people didn't like. It was weird. I think that's who he was for the longest time, for millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so odd to think, and that hasn't been a thing in forever. No, no. I I don't even remember it being that long of a campaign, but it, like stuck in people's minds for whatever reason. <laughs> um. Yeah. Arnold's immediately suspicious of Peter Stormare. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to. Uh, his deputies who are fucking around with Johnny Knoxville. There's gun shenanigans, which also feels like a like an American thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh, this like, is Amer- what they do on their day off. Like yeah, Louis- on our day off days off, we just go fire guns. Yeah, well, Luis Guzman's <laughs> like, you know, we're just trying to have some fun. There's nothing really going on in town because everyone left to to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like five hours away. They say or whatever. Yeah, well, that's the other big that that was a good choice to be like, yeah, there's a game five hours away this weekend. So so it's going to be, like, less people in this small town. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a good way to clear things out a little bit. Yeah, and, like, you know, that, like, just in the film production side of that, that probably made it cheaper, too. You don't need to yeah. keep buying extras. You know, like, the, the finale's chaotic enough without any of that, so that's fine. But it also allows the townspeople that are there to all have, like, a little bit going on for them. Mm-hmm. So you care about what's happening. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll get back to that, because I love some of that stuff. Yeah, the greatest line of the movie's later <laughs> um yeah so he's like hey just run run these plates see what's up but arnold because he's a fucking good small town sheriff he, he knows immediately he's got those good instincts and we get some backstory with him where like he used to be an la cop right and then he's like but now he's like i just want to be a small town sheriff uh, but I'm gonna protect my small town. <laughs> In some ways, this is a sequel to Sabotage. We can't talk about Sabotage yet. No, <laughs> no, can't. but I, that's that's what I just wanted to toss out there. We can't, absolutely can't. But uh, I will say, he does have a great line where he's like, "What is two thirds of my police force doing here?" 
Which is like the sign of like, oh, this is a goofy small town. Mm-hmm. I will say, there is a bit of a, like, I can't really fault the film for this because they do a good job. But I've seen this a lot where, like, there's movies like this where it's like a skeleton crew has to go up against an impossible enemy. Mm-hmm. The one woman that's on the team is always kind of like the straight man, you know? Yeah. Like, that's all, that's a little disappointing. <laughs> um, I would like for, you know, why can't a woman play the Johnny Knoxville role? <laughs> Quite frankly, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why this isn't. I was gonna say Twenty Two Jump Street, but it's the Neighbors movies, Neighbors and Neighbors Two. Mm-hmm. Rose Byrne gets to do everything Seth Rogen does, mm-hmm. and she is just killing it. Yeah, like she gets to be as big of an idiot as everyone else in that movie, and it totally works. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. If, I think people allowed to be dumb in movies enough. Yeah, you know, right. I think when people. Like uh, stuff like like the back the bike they'll test, you know, like I think that kind of that's like a good barometer to start when you're like learning about this stuff. But you also got to understand that like no, maybe some people do just want to talk about the guys they're dating. <laughs> like that's okay. <laughs> also, it's like the when women are allowed to kind of play like flawed or like goofy people, it's it's usually like as an indictment of them, you know? Yeah, it becomes like a, a flaw they have to overcome. Yeah, it's a flaw or they're an obstacle for a male protagonist, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but I will say, uh, Jamie Alexander is very... I like her in this. I like her too, uh, yeah. She's, I, yeah, most... I think she's most well-known for uh, being Lady Sif in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, is she going to be in the new... Thor? Yeah, she's in she's in Thor: Love and Thunder after skipping out on Thor: Ragnarok because she had a she had commitments to her NBC show at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, which is maybe a good thing because they killed off all the other warriors in that movie. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> which is odd, but it sets it does set up uh, Love and Thunder to be like because it's like bringing like all the romantic interests into it, kind of. Oh, I guess she was kind of a romantic interest, huh? Yeah. She liked him, but he never, like, kind of picked up on it because he's a doe. Yeah. Which is a good character choice, honestly. But Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Especially now that they got full throttle on Thor being, like, oh, he's like, oh, so wise about the universe. But when it comes to people, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a good choice. I, yeah, I love Thor. I, I That's the yeah. one franchise from them that I do want to see continue, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, what, now let's just have him drink booze and be fat for a movie. No, no, no. He's going to have an 80s workout montage, so he's going to lose it all. Did they say that? No, but there's a picture of him in an 80s workout, like, fit. Okay. And I'm just like, oh. Okay, yeah. that's it. Whatever. I mean. He should have just been, he, they should have just kept him fat for at least another movie. I don't care. No. <laughs> I, I don't care. No. Well, that's what I want. <laughs> um, Thor is not in this film. Thor is not in this movie, no. But I think Chris Hemsworth and Arnold Schwarzenegger would make a great duo in an action comedy. Maybe, yeah. There's that weird thing of, like, we we still... Holy shit, this was the same year as Thor the Dark World. <laughs> she and gets Thor much more to World, do here. Well, guess what? Thor the Dark World made $600 million. Fuck. This movie made $48 million. Oh. Yeah, this is, like, clearly the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Like, good lord. Um, you already talked about Harry Dean Stanton and his standoff with... Uh, uh, we we did a little bit, but I just want to say that oh, yeah, I forgot, forgot he was in it, and he's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Rest in peace. 
And that feels like a choice to get Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the straight story guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the last decade of Harry Dean Stanton, basically all his roles were people being like, I want Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. So. Also in, in The Avengers. Fuck, everyone is in those movies now. Yeah. Oh, good you know what, though? He, he's like, he's what you kind of want, like, for a character actor to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got, it's, he's not like when they fucking wasted Brad DeRiff on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that did happen, huh? Yeah. Which is, that was actually the thing that, like, got me stopping, to stop watching <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He just dies immediately here, basically. Yeah, but it's like, I just said this wasn't a mean-spirited movie, but, like... It's violent. It's very violent, and his it's death very... is just, like, it's abrupt, and that makes it even more violent feeling. Yeah. And, like, sad. But, like, it's it's a genuine, like, sadness when characters die in this movie. I think it's another thing that makes it a throwback, because that's definitely... This is, like... When does Taken come out? Uh, three years or five years before this, I think. Because Liam Neeson was one of the people considered for the lead before Arnold came on board. Mm, I and, like Liam and, Neeson as an actor. I, I'm glad it was Arnold. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But, like, Taken is, like, the beginning of kind of, like, bloodless violence. Yeah. Movies, you know, mm-hmm. like movies with like massive body counts. And I think that's another like kind of a movie that damaged a few years of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Nonstop was only like four years after Taken. That's way better than every Taken movie. So, yeah, everyone fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, I have very strong feelings about Liam Neeson action pictures. Yeah, he had a good run, honestly, of like non-Taken action movies. Yeah, remember The Grey? How fucking yeah. good is the gray? <laughs> Which is like already kind of disappeared from people's minds. Yeah, come on, wake the fuck up, America! These yeah. so-called free thinkers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. Um, and this movie it doesn't really have that high of a body count. Like we'll get into it more, but like when but it's all violent. Yeah, it's very <laughs> violent. It's very very violent. Um, but like when when the showdowns happen, like the the shootouts and the the physical action starts, it's like. People struggle to kill one another. Yeah. Which keeps it, like, entertaining, but also very concerning about which characters may or may not make it out of the picture alive. And also just because they're, they're a nice bunch of characters. I don't want any of them to die. Yeah. Well, like, I'm immediately, I feel protective of Luis Guzman the moment he shows up on screen. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's, like, a 50-50 chance Luis Guzman gets it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the one, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's like, Giant Ox was on the poster, he probably won't die. <laughs> Arnold, you can't kill Arnold. So it's like, it comes down to Luis Guzman. Well, I don't know, I'll tell you right now. When I saw the title of The Last Stand, like, I knew the premise of the movie, but I was like, oh, like, are they gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, it does feel, I, like I said, if this was the 90s, that's how this movie would have gone. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have all died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we, we get into more stuff there... We have to talk about the villain of the film. Yes. I had to look it up. Gabriel Cortez. Um, the villain is not the strong suit of this film. The new Pablo Escobar. The new, yeah, yes. <laughs> A lot to unpack there, but whatever. American action filmmaking. Not my favorite part of the film. <laughs> I think they needed to cast someone like Peter Stormare in this role. Maybe. Um, um, you know it would have been good, like, uh, Damien Bashir. Oh, fuck yeah. He's, like, great. Yeah, I mean... Why is that guy so good and, like, he keeps, like, getting put in, like, B-movies? 
I don't know, because America doesn't know what the fuck to do with people anymore. Like, he fucking stole the Hateful Eight. <laughs> yeah. Remember he makes it to the end of Alien Covenant? <laughs> yeah, that which was, like, the last thing either of us expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, like, fun in Godzilla vs. Kong, but again, like, there's no characters yeah, barely, in that movie. <laughs> barely used. He's, yeah. like, a... He should have, like, a real, like, good character actor run, but he just not... He doesn't seem to be getting it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put that on Hollywood, because, like, they just don't allow people to do stuff like that right now. Yeah. You know? Bigger... It was character actor... They're, like, the whole fucking... The fucking ground is poison because of these fucking tentpole movies, because you can't really do character actors anymore, because character actors, they show up for one scene, and then they, like, usually die in, like, an action movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but now everything has to be like a franchise thing. Mm-hmm. So if you kill off someone, that's like, like franchise potential, like flush down the drain. Yeah. Well, so. it's it's that uh, the movie star. Everyone says there's no movie stars, and that's that's basically true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't do that unless you become the Falcon or Thor or yeah. Iron Man. Um. And and so all this stuff, like everything in The Last Stand, I think that's why we both like it so much too. It's kind of all those last little bits of like just solid action filmmaking in one movie. Yeah. Except, again, except for the villain. I do think the villain is actually kind of weak. How the villain is used in the movie is cool. And the His gimmick and is really interesting. It's a Fast and <laughs> Furious villain, basically. Yeah. Um, it's straight up. 2013 was also the release of Fast 6, which literally has another villainous character using their car to flip over other cars. And that's the gimmick of that villain's team. It's kind of like the Fast and Furious versus the Avengers. That's the that's the plot of that movie. Or not Avengers, excuse me. Versus the Masters of Evil. That's the sixth one. And right. this villain's the same one as that so, one. So you mean versus the Avengers? <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. would be a good... No, I'm not going to get into that, never mind. But, like, yeah, the, the the villain actor, maybe they're good in other stuff, but I, I did not get into them at all in this we movie. We no longer live in a Hollywood that would make Johnny Knoxville a star. No. Like, Johnny Knoxville would just be jackass. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, he... Like, th- there was that weird... Remember? There was just, like, that weird era where, like, he kept being in movies. Yeah. Where he's, like, an actor in the movie. Mm-hmm. And his thing was just getting hit in the dick a lot. <laughs> just, like, like actually for real hurting himself <laughs> in movies. And it's like, alright, you'll be in Men in Black too. And now it's like that. They just don't... They don't do that anymore. And I think it says something that he's already back doing Jackass 4. I- I've... I love that group of guys, like, as, as a, a group of actors or whatever, right? Performers. I'm very concerned about that movie. I want I it to too. be good for them. but That, that yeah. feels like the one where it's like we're all going to, if it comes out and we all watch it, we're all going to be like, it's not going to be fun. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, these people are actually getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, haven't, like, haven't two of them died? Like, well, I don't think uh, it's too no, heavy. Well, no, the one, uh, the one guy died in the car accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, like Bam Majera, who I run into on the street all the time. Really? He lives, he lives in my county. Wow. And like, you just see him all the time. Um, uh, he, 
he got like kicked off the movie because like he he wasn't sobering up. Mm. Like he kind of has had like substance abuse problems, and he's like seems like he's in like a very bad dark place as a person. That's too bad. And so like it's it's put like a weird shadow over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rip Taylor died, who is the guy who like shows up at the end of like all the Jackass movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's always throwing confetti because that was his thing. Which that was a thing you used to be able to do. <laughs> you you you're, you could just have a gimmick of you just throwing confetti around, and that could you could have a career out of that. Yeah, Jackass 3, though, is the one that's, like, fascinating, because that's when everyone's sobered up, you know? Mm-hmm. That's when everyone's, like, like Steve-O is sober, not not drinking all the time. And so they all look, like, genuinely scared the whole movie. Yeah, I, th- that's a great trilogy, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> like, yeah. For what those movies are, like, trying to do, like, mm-hmm. real-life documentaries about a group of crazy people who love each other. You know, like, yeah. all right, cool. <laughs> and I, wasn't it like Jackass 4, they got injured like two days in the film, eh? Yeah, I think, I mean, wasn't there just a Johnny Knoxville interview? God bless him. I, I'm a huge Johnny Knoxville fan. But isn't he like on a catheter now? Um, Is he still? I know he like he like like broke his urethra like in an accident. Um, I don't know if it was like a, it left a permanent thing. Um. Johnny Knoxville's last rodeo. That was the really good GQ story on him. It, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd recommend checking it out. I'll put it in the, in the link down below. But uh, it, it's it's a very in-depth interview with him, and it's it's very candid and honest. And it's yeah, it says here he had like he had to keep putting one in to like flush it because it was all injured. So, but I don't know. It doesn't really specify if it was like a permanent thing. But yeah, and that was like not even on a Jackass film that he got injured. Like it was something else. Oh. And then he did that movie that no one saw. Do you remember that? Where he did, like, the Action Park movie? Action Park, yeah. What what was that? It was called, like, Action Point or something. It was, like... Because Action Park is, like, a famous amusement park where, like, people got injured all the time. That's right, that's right. So, like, it was, like, well, Johnny Knoxville runs an amusement park. And, like, allegedly, like he said... He got injured more on that movie than any Jackass film. Oh, Because he did, like, all his own stunts. And then no one saw the fucking movie. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it's just weird. Well, he's fucking, like, 50 years old. He shouldn't be doing that shit. No, no, yeah, I, I agree. Like, um, But it's still, like, what a shame. I, I hope someone grabs him and goes, like, Johnny Knoxville, you do not have to do this. After the bubble burst this decade and movies are allowed to get interesting again, like, on a mainstream level, I would like to see someone cast him. Just as a character actor, like in this. Because yeah. there's only like one moment in the movie where it's like, oh, that's the Johnny Knoxville moment. Yeah, yeah. The, it's very obvious. It's good, yeah. but it's very obvious. There is a part of me, I wonder how much the director had input on him. Because he is like a very, like, only in America type character, Johnny mm-hmm. Knoxville. Like, only 90s America. <laughs> <laughs> where we're on top of the world, we fucking won the Cold War, no one can beat us, and nothing <laughs> bad will ever happen again. Let's just fucking crash into brick walls on motorcycles. And it'll be one of the biggest shows in the history of television. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) let's just do horrible things to our bodies. And it's like, yep, that's that's pre-9-11 America. (laughs) (laughs) That's all, you can't do jackass after 9-11. No, no. You can't. And in fact, many people on YouTube did try... Yeah. They did not succeed. Yeah, they just <laughs> Rest in peace, themselves. everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it says something that, like, now, like, the big show, my dad fucking loved Jackass, because my dad likes watching people get hurt. 
And a big show on TV is that he loves his ridiculousness, which is a show where a guy just basically finds videos on the internet of people hurting themselves. Oh my god. And it's basically the jackass thing, but it's just like random people. And they just have a disclaimer and be like, you can't send us tapes. That's it. (laughs) That gets all the liability off. Oh my god. Like I said, like Johnny Knoxville is the quintessential American character. Yeah, much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who isn't even a fucking American. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's a uh, yeah. It's so weird that the the poster pairs them, and and they only get they work together in the movie in the beginning and at the end. Yeah, there's a terrific shot of him firing the machine gun and Knoxville feeding the machine gun. Yeah, which was I in the think, trailers. I do think they were trying to make it seem like this was going to be a Schwarzenegger Knoxville buddy movie. Yeah, and Which it's like, it is it's not, not and, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen an alternate universe where that did happen at one point. That sounds super fun. I don't know. I think he's used the correct way here. I think, I think it works. Because, like, they tried the buddy cop thing with Knoxville a few times, and it never really worked. You didn't like Rennie Harlan's uh, skip trace? I wasn't even thinking of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking of, like, the fucking uh, Dukes of Hazard movie. Oh, I forgot they did that. Which he did. Dukes of Hazard, a movie you could still make in 2005. <sighs> Although I do not think the General Lee in that movie had uh, the Confederate flag on the front. Can't imagine why. I think that was, like, the one thing they didn't do. But I could be wrong. I saw <laughs> that movie fucking once. <laughs> um, but the villain, who is not Johnny Knoxville, uh, yes. Gabriel Cortez... He escaped from FBI custody, including For, Forrest from Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker mm-hmm. who is fucking like playing Saul Guerrero in this. Like, <laughs> is fucking acting up a storm. Now I need to double check this, but I believe Forrest Whitaker was also in the same year uh, in Taken Three, a movie I saw in theaters opening night, and then made a vow to never watch a cheap action movie on opening night ever again. Because that I is one of saw, the worst films ever made. I saw that movie and totally forgot he was in it. Yeah. I don't remember a fucking thing from from Taken 3. Uh, well, I think his you know, wife dies in that one. Yeah, because she's asleep through like, the entirety of Taken 2, which is kind of incredible. That's mm-hmm. not a joke. She's knocked out and she's asleep for like at least half the Oh, movie. yeah. And then she wakes up at the end, she's like, what happened? And it's like, well, a movie happened, uh, ma'am. That was What's-Her-Name, right? How dare those fucking movies? Yeah, I know. F- fuck those movies. Um, Taken 3 came out 2014, excuse me. So a okay, year so after year. The Last Stand. And Forrest Whitaker basically plays the same person. <laughs> That's not a, That one's not a joke. I, I think War- Whitaker like... plays this type of person a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, when I see it, it kind of gets me excited for the movie. <laughs> I like Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is like, like a living legend, and I feel like yeah, we kind of forgot about that. He's both a living that. legend and also a guy who will like totally go like ham, mm-hmm. but like make the ham compelling. Yeah, I mean he's fucking perfect in like something like Phone Booth, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with I've Phone Booth. I've seen Phone Booth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when he's like Stuart, your your lawyer's going down, and it's like the most epic fucking thing. That's probably the first Forrest Whitaker film I saw. I saw that movie way on. I think it might be mine too, actually. Yeah. Things like in Panic Room. Oh yeah. Which he's like he's like terrific in. <laughs> he's Ghost Dog. <laughs> oh, Ghost Dog is amazing. I feel like people might be misinterpreting that from 
from when I say a movie called Ghost Dog is amazing, but no, it's like a genuinely like great film. Yeah, it's a good movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, one of the last films shot by uh, uh, my, my my fucking boy, Robbie Mueller. Anyways, um, yeah, Forrest Whitaker's the shit. Did he just retire? Because he only died like a few years ago. Uh, he did retire, but I think he had like health issues. That's why. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah. You know, it's uh, whatever. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pretty yeah. solid documentary available on Amazon about him. Okay. Worth checking out. Watch that. Yeah. Watch that. Yeah, it's really cool. He'll, he'll film a toilet flushing with the same posterity as like mm-hmm. a sunset. That's what you want from a guy. Yeah, he was he was, he was great. Um, but yeah, For, uh, Forrest Whitaker, almost kind of an antagonist. Like it's so weird when you watch Forrest Whitaker's career, where it's like he sweeps every award with the Last King of Scotland, right? Mm-hmm. And then like he's already almost immediately back into films like this. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, I, I I just don't understand. He's in Black Panther. He's very good in yeah, that. He's good. He's like Ryan Coogler's like guy, right? No, I, I, that's probably Michael B. Jordan. No, I thought uh, the story was that he 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 doesn't didn't he produce like Fruitvale Station? Oh, did he? Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah, he so did. he like he 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 handpicked uh, Ryan Coogler out of film school. Oh fuck! Okay. So that was like him, kind of like you know, like being like, "Hey, be in the movie." <laughs> <laughs> and then he kills him. Oh my god! This is the you. same. This is the same year as the Butler. No, the Butler. No one. No one remembers the Butler. Robin Williams was Eisenhower in it. Whoa! Really? Yes. That is some of the weirdest casting of any movie ever. This is Robin Williams as Eisenhower. James Marsden as JFK. Which, like, okay, you can kind of see that one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Leif Schreiber as LBJ. <laughs> Whoa. And then John Cusack as Lyndon B. as I mean as uh, Richard Nixon. That's weird. Oh, and fucking Alan Rickman as Reagan. What? Yeah, I forgot that one. Is that Alan Rickman's last role? No, 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 no. Thankfully. No. Okay, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Alan Rickman hung in there for like three more years. Okay, okay, thank God. And I, I think his last film was unfortunately like one of the Alice in Wonderland movies or something. But, uh, no. Yeah, his last movie is uh, Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. Oh. But it's only his voice, so that gives it some, some shit. Yeah, I there you go. The movie, like two years before he died, I should watch that. Yeah. Oh, Rickman. Um, but yeah, the the villain. I just want to say again, not <laughs> a high mark for me in the film. It, I I didn't like him. Every time he like kept talking, I was like, I feel like I should be more yeah, he's entertained. Not super compelling. Um, uh, but the car is. I think the I think the villain is the car, really. Like, <laughs> the, what is it like? Uh, the ZR one. The modified ZR1. I don't know cars. A modified Chevrolet Corvette CX ZR1, which was just stolen from an auto show, is what they say. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why he's got like the super advanced. It's basically the Batmobile. I think someone. I think uh, Mm -hmm. Forrest Whitaker says it's a psychopath in a Batmobile. Like, which 
Yeah, and like when he says that, it's like okay, there's a conflict. And Boom, he literally how do you does the, like, the the bat tumbler trick of like turning the lights off and slowing down. Like he does. The... Yeah, yeah. I also love Batman Begins. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever. It yeah, works. yeah. I'm cool with it. Um, it's fun. And then like what you're finding out is he does. I do like his escape scene where it's like. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's uh, like uh, like a magnet <laughs> to go to a rooftop. Yeah. Where it's like, how did they not like know? Hey, maybe don't drive by construction equipment, which is like the telltale mm-hmm. sign of like these guys are up to something. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the real fun trick was that he had multiple guys running around that looked kind of like con convicts. Yeah, yeah. That was uh. That was funny. When, that that was fun. When, when I, I was into that. like interrogating him, he's, they're like, "We're just Dutch uh, football fans." <laughs> it's like a cute little moment. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it goes on a little long, but it's a fun like escape setup. Yeah. You know. Then he takes a, an FBI agent hostage. I like the shot. I I, I really like the shot that like when Forrest Whitaker's all like, "We fucked up," and he's back at the police station. That there's just a room full of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> It's also, like, something that just isn't reality, mm-hmm. which I really liked, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, like, It's a very movie thing. This isn't trying to be, like, this is something that could actually happen, which is... Yeah, yeah, has no interest in that, yeah. and that's kind which of why more I more movies it. should have a fucking interest in that. Yeah. I think, honestly, that probably stems from uh, the director, too, because yeah. the reality and, like, making things realistic is a very, like, American sensibility, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing that, like, always gets lost, especially from South Korean cinema, where it's, like, there's a very unreality. To, even though their films are known for, like, their violence and their grit, it's, like, there's a very, like, unreality to all of it. And the mm-hmm. one thing that's really lost that, like, they, like, I don't think anyone that's done an American, any of the South Korean directors that has done an American film has ever gotten is, like, they, the, the dark humor is something that never really translates or at least they never really attempt in the American films, you know? That's weird. I, I considered Stoker a crowd pleaser, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what? I have to, I have not seen Stoker in a long time, but I liked it. No, no, I'm just I kidding. But, like, I, I, but here's the thing. like Park Chan-wook did Stoker. Like, Old Boy is like a black comedy. Like, that's it's full of humor. <laughs> but... No American film would dare attempt any of that humor. Neither did the American version of Old Boy. Yeah. It's like there's there's fucking Looney Tunes gags in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> or like I think, you know, just won, won the Oscar last year. Um, fucking Parasite has like a slapstick comedy scene that is also a scene where a woman falls and like cracks her skull open and dies. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's played as a comedy moment. And then but then like her hitting the ground isn't. <laughs> I mean, I, that that's also uh, kind of stems from, like, the reality versus fantasy elements of filmmaking in America versus everywhere else, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, South Korean cinema and uh, uh, director Bong Joon-ho specifically, too, is, like, so known for his ability to juggle tones. And that's just because that's normal everywhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's normal in every other country except fucking America. We're yeah, here it's like, well, babies. is it a comedy or a drama? Yeah. And it's like, well, it, it can be both. I don't I don't care. <laughs> Just you can you could do everything. I think the only way you can do that in America is if you if you I think it's Paul Verhoeven. I think you have to let the producers in on it when it's way too late. 
Like, mm-hmm. you go, like, it's an action film, it's a science fiction film. And then it's like, no, it's a satire. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't... Well, it's that, or now you have to, like, really bake it into the premise. Like, did you ever see Maniac on Netflix? Um, You know what? I don't think I did. Okay, that's the that's the Kari Fukunaga show he did before uh, doing No Time to Die. It's with uh, Emma Stone. Oh, yeah, you know what? I saw that, and, Jay- and then I, like... It was like it was like big for a week, and I've been I started doing a thing with streaming stuff where I'm like, if this is relevant six months from now, I will watch it, and then it wasn't. And then it wasn't no, but it's it's good it's okay. good and uh it's kind of like it, it's kind of like someone saw that and then decided to pitch it as as a Marvel show called called WandaVision. Oh, all right. But only did it less interesting there. But the point I want to make is that with both of those miniseries. In their premise is baked in the concept that, oh, we're going to do a bunch of different genres and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that and that's your excuse to do different tonal exercises. For, like, quality aside, execution aside, that is what those things set out to do. Mm-hmm. And that's very, like, constrictive creatively that you have to have that, like, in your log line, you know? Yeah. That's that's not how you make stuff. I don't get how film producers have never put together that you can lie to the audience in the trailer. Like, mm-hmm. you can be like, this is what the movie is, even when it's not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whatever gets people in seats. As long as you don't lie to them too much, mm-hmm. you know? Or like, you know, Knives Out is a murder mystery, and then it's resolved in 15 minutes, and then but it starts tossing other stuff at you that are escalations from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, murder mystery that just tells you what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. Uh, and The Last Stand is not a murder mystery, though. No, no. It is. Although it, no. is, it is for a little bit we're trying to figure out who killed Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Arnold, like, suddenly is like, these tracks do not lead. Like, he starts putting shit together. <laughs> or mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he gets a fun little, like, investigation moment. And, uh, oh, earlier on, we, we, we get a nice little moment with him and one of his deputies where his deputy wants to, to move to L.A., and he's like, could you put in a good word for me? Because you went to L.A., right? And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of sweet. You're starting to get to know, like, the supporting cast members. It almost feels like a moment of Arnold talking about his career a little bit. It's like, I dreamed, kind of, I dreamed huh? of my biggest dream was getting to L.A. and then becoming the governor of California. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... and then I had a secret family, and it all went haywire. Yeah, and then your shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that it happened. Yeah. Whoops. Um, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, hey, look. Hollywood's full of fucked up sick people. Wasn't he married to a Kennedy? He was. Yeah. He was. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, celebrity culture starts stops getting interesting when you realize how incestuous it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like our royal. Like, our royalty is celebrity. Yeah, so. well, I I would have said uh, like corporate America. No, no, because cor- no one gives a shit about. But corporate we don't fawn America. over them. We is the thing. Yeah, but corporate America is like the puppet masters. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of that because like Elon Musk is definitely pushing it to that territory, where now like mm-hmm. we're gonna know the CEOs of like every corporation. <laughs> yeah, like look, be, I'm hip guys. They're all gonna be psychopaths. <laughs> no, they uh they put together that they find out that. Uh, Peter Stormare and the gang are like building a bridge. <laughs> they're gonna build a bridge to cross the ravine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What the fuck?" Like they they see that, but they don't know like what it's for. Yeah. And I like that the movie 
literally just has like three locations. I know that's another good thing. Where it's like it's this weird thing where like this movie it's it's cheap but doesn't really feel it, you know? Yeah, no, and it, it has that mid two thousands American like action cinema look. Yeah, you know? like it almost looks like a Tony Scott film, this less like hyperkinetic. <laughs> In a way, like look at like the colors Although of like the skin bring, in the sky. Uh, the director did bring one of his cinematographers with him. It's one of his people. Uh, Kim Ji Young. Yeah, I think they did like a Bittersweet Life and shit like that. So, oh okay. Oh well, good for them. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, it's a shame because uh, uh, none of those people did another American thing ever again. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, like the '90s, uh, like when John Woo came over, that was like a huge deal. Ang Lee doing like yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a film that is all in Chinese. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember which dialect specifically. I apologize, but like that's a huge deal, and that just doesn't happen. It was a hit. Yeah, that's what's also crazy about that. And I don't know. Feels like feels less like opportunities let, are going around. We let John Wood down a little bit. I think. I think so too. Did you see Manhunt on on Netflix? Um, no. It's not great, but if you like John Woo, you might get something yeah. out of it. I'm slowly working my way through all his movies. So, we'll see. The ones all I can right, get my hands right. on, because it's hard to fucking get your hands on some John Woo films. Yeah, you, you kind of got to go out of your way to like get a copy of Hard Boiled. Yeah, you know? or you have to have a friend who has a uh, way to see it. Yeah, yeah. Ways. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they discover the, the Mystery Bridge... And uh, Deputy Jerry Bailey and uh, Sarah Torrance, who's Jamie Alexander, they get into a shootout with, like, heavily armed mercenaries, yeah. it looks like. And uh, it's like a simple action scene, but I kind of like how they play it, like, with the lights and the shadows. Oh, and then, yeah, it's like, it, there's a very natural, like, escalation in every action scene where it's like, all right, this happens, all right? Well, then this has to happen. They're turning down the lights. Okay, the bad guys are going to turn on their night goggles, which our guys don't mm-hmm. have. And now they have to, like, struggle with that aspect. And Schwarzenegger gets a big heroic moment as he runs over one of the guys. <laughs> lots of fun. Just, like, that's all he can do at this point. Luis Guzman gives him cover, but, uh, but he's... the deputy that wanted to move to L.A. ends up dying oh, like... in the arms of Jamie Alexander. Oh. So... And that was actually, like, kind of sad because yeah. it's, like, it, I don't know. You didn't expect that character to die. Well, no one point. dies in fucking movies anymore, so... Yeah, it was uh, surprising. So something... Also, what really struck me was, like, the blood and, like, the, oh, yeah, the gunshots are very loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, when they, like, hit people. Because guns like... are fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, we love our action movies, but mm-hmm. you're not coming back from that. <laughs> so, and it's nice when even an action movie seems to understand that. Yeah. And there's just so much blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like when he's bleeding out, it's like it he looks fucking like bleeds out. Like he's yeah. not like, oh, my chest is a little uh, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. he fucking bleeds the fuck out. And it's like that scary bleed out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like Reservoir Dogs a little bit, where like he just gets paler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, good, uh, good makeup. Yeah, stuff but it's like, like you know, too. like it, I've seen movies where like people get shot and it's like they're bleeding out and like they get pale like really quick like that's scary mm-hmm. and they do a pretty good job here and it makes and that's what makes shit personal yeah. also Arnold is like the last minute like before all this like it's all connected he puts it all together because he, he mm-hmm. just got word about the escaped uh, convict so he's like he's coming here 
And but the border believes that he's going to go for the heavily secured border location. So they don't, they got no backup. It's just them. Well, they they might have some SWAT team just to help comb the area, and then they get wiped out by the villain's oh, yeah. Batmobile. And the roadblock got wiped out. There's a few of those scenes. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, effective, effective, yeah. quick, simple little action scenes. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm just really impressed by this director. And uh, you should check are, out more. Have of you his... seen their other stuff? I've seen. I saw the Devil and uh, the Good, the Bad, the Weird. Okay, so you've seen the same ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Good, the Bad, and the Weird got a lot of play because I think that was like one of the first movies on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it was on. It was an early Netflix one. Yeah. Um, um and it is weird. It is. <laughs> It is good, bad, and weird. <laughs> Although the thing about that fucking title is it's the good, the bad, the weird. It is not the good, the bad, and the weird. Maybe there's like a legal issue there. I, I, I don't, don't know. know but a, a, and it's basically like a, a, a South Korean Western. Like, I don't know what the fuck you call I Saw the Devil, but... <laughs> that's a movie that just like throws in like a cannibal guy. <laughs> like, and, like, the... Yeah, why not? Maybe this movie could have used a cannibal guy. I, I, this movie's got enough. Like it's got, a henchman. It's got Peter Stormare. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's close enough. Um, so then it's like, it becomes a thing where it's like, we got to fortify the town. And that's what, that's what The Last Stand is. The whole middle chunk of the film is them realizing the conflict and then preparing for the conflict. Yes. And uh, this is where the movie really starts, like... Starts getting, like, like taken off moments. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I think the first big moment is uh, Arnold's trying to get everyone out of the town, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone got to go for cover. <laughs> uh, the people at the diner are like, we just ordered breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, that's the other thing we should mention. The, the movie takes place over the course of about... 12 hours? Yeah, it's a very short amount of time, because like, they do the I love they do the it. Clock I don't thing. need everything to like be over the course of a couple days or whatever, like, you know, like that's why I love Collateral so much, it's just like it's an all-in-one night movie. Yeah. I'm either all-in-one nice. night or over several weeks. Those are the only two gears I like. Because I hate movies that are over exactly like three days. But yeah, I love the the diner scene where they don't they don't want to leave. That's yeah, the best line in the movie. Goes like, "This killer's coming. You gotta get out of here." And the woman goes, "You're talking to a 70 year old man with high cholesterol, eating a bacon and cheddar omelet with extra cheddar. Do I look like a, I'm afraid of death?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy, the guy behind, is like, "Don't look at me. I ordered the same thing." <laughs> like that was great. I almost thought they were going to, like, play a part in the finale. Um, they didn't need to. That's they fine. To. They do help the one girl, um, but that's about it. Because, <laughs> like, I thought, like, uh, oh, it turns out, like, everyone in this town does have guns or something. Uh-huh. And then it would have been kind of sad because you just know those dudes were not going to make yeah. it out if they got involved. It does start getting into that with, like, it does go to, like, Death Wish 3 territory a little bit, though. But we'll get <laughs> we'll get we'll there. Get I know exactly what you're talking but, like, about. Like they, they they plan everything. They they raid Knoxville's place. Luis Guzman takes a sword. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the sword never comes. Yeah, into that's play. what I, was, I feel like. That was just an improv on set. Yeah, which is fine. That that's was fine. in a lot of the trailers. I remember that. Oh, Luis okay. <laughs> that sword going. You never know. Uh. Yeah. Oh, see, now someone's got to make a movie where Luis Guzman saves the day with a sword. <laughs> hey, I. Well, kind of, but, like, the, the thing that happens is there's a girl who was set up earlier. She's the one who leads them to Harry Dean Stanton. Because she's like, hey, you know, he usually brings the milk in early. He never misses a day. I'm afraid he might have had a heart attack. 
And so, like, it sets up, like, she's, like, the milk girl at the fucking local diner, <laughs> which is something that doesn't exist. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, a small-town American thing. And she had gone out to get the milk, and she's coming back right when the showdown's happening. And fucking Louise Guzman gets, like, the hero moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he runs out there, he saves her, he's, like, shooting at gangsters and shit. And then, like, they fucking fire a bazooka at him. <laughs> and you think, and you see the cowboy hat fall, and you're like, fuck, Guzman got it. Because, like, if anyone's going to get it, it's going to be Louise Guzman. <laughs> but then he picks up the hat and fucking comes running out with a Tommy gun. <laughs> yes. That right there is cinema. Yeah, it's terrific. Get the hero shot. And that's, I think, something that Arnold was better at in, like, these later films is that he allows other people to have hero moments. Which was, like, a big stickler, like, in older action movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be, like... It, and it's kind of it's kind of come back right now for people like The Rock and Statham and Vin Diesel. I think you mean people like The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which is too bad, because he's, like, a good actor. And he's, like, a good action star. I know. Just... Of the action stars, he's, like, the best actor, unfortunately. Yeah, and, like... God, that's why I wish, like, he had a career takeoff with Shane Black instead of, like, these yeah. hacks he's working with. Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Shane Black will let you get fucked up, man. He'll make you get fucked up. Well, it's so weird when then, like, he did that movie, like, High Rise. Where, like, the gimmick, wasn't the gimmick in that, like, he didn't have a leg or something? <laughs> um, Skyscraper. High Rise is the experimental adaptation yeah, of the yeah, book High Rise. Yeah, Ballard thing, whatever. <laughs> but he, remember, he did uh, Skyscraper. And, uh, he, but he doesn't he, like, not have a leg in that? Yeah, he's paraplegic, I believe. But, like, that. it doesn't have anything to do with the story. No, no. And it's, like, yeah. There, there's, yeah, like, like moments the they try way. to play with it, but it, it yeah. doesn't have the same effect because that director's a hack so mm-hmm. he only works with hack directors uh well you know what john colette sarah who's doing jungle cruise which I, I i don't think looks very good i will not fucking believe that shit till i see it like people have been hyping that movie to me <laughs> i was and then i saw the trailers and i just it, it doesn't look good it doesn't look good yeah, but, but i like that director Fuck the trailers. Like, it doesn't matter. Because, like, Disney's going to do the same marketing with every film, right? Mm-hmm. We have to get off these fucking trailer trains. Like, even if you think, like, hating on them is, like, stopping it, it's not. It just feeds into it. Stop watching the trailers. Watch the fucking movies. Because <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to come across like I'm defending this movie because I have not seen it. But... Fucking everyone already wrote their review of Cruella before it came out. You know? Everyone everyone already wrote the review of that movie. Mm-hmm. Which, whatever. Fuck that movie. I don't even know. <laughs> I have no interest in really seeing it. But it's like, we're just, it's it's just feeding the Disney machine still. Yeah, the only way to, like, defeat it is to hop off it, frankly. Yeah. What we have to do is we have to stop watching these fucking trailers and talking about them all the time. You know what? I don't think I've tweeted a single thing about Cruella. And I'm proud of that. I might have once. But, hey. I might have tweeted, like, Joker Girl Boss or something, but that's not the same. Well, everyone had that reaction initially. Yeah, yeah. And everyone made that same joke over and over again for the past two years. 
Yeah, but I did it first, so it's okay. I have legal proof of that. I like the Jungle Cruise poster, I gotta say that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like an attempt at doing the, the Drew Struzan thing. And hey, if he's retired, why not, you know? Yeah. I will, uh... I'll, I'll catch him at May, maybe. Yeah. Is Josh Gad in it? No. Thank fucking Christ. <laughs> he seemed to be the guy that was, that was in every Disney thing for a little bit. Oh, yeah, Artemis Fowl. Yeah. What a picture. <laughs> That's a movie that fucking disappeared, like, immediately. Yeah. You know, it's on a streaming service forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still get trailers for it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Um, no. The goose. The goose body. He goes down, though. Yeah, and it looks like he's a goner, too, for a second, because he gets, mm. like, bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah a lot rough. of people get, like... When they get shot, they're, like, down. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, but Jamie Alexander gets him, gets the guys with the sniper rifle. Yeah, for the goose. <laughs> so gotta save him. <laughs> uh, and there, there's a fun back and forth as they're like trying to like, because they're very much out of their depth, you know? And yeah. you could really feel like the struggle in them trying to fight back against like, I think they're like a paramilitary group. Honestly, this is a very like Home Alone climax. It, it's very hard target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I love. I love it. Also because there's not, like, an endless supply of bad guys, too. Yeah, and we like, get, like, an X number. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm cool with that with stuff like John Wick, whatever. I love the John Wick movies. There's not a slide against stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, you were talking about, like, the bloodless action movies. Here, this is, like, the antithesis of that. <laughs> where, like, every bullet counts. Yeah. John Wick will at least have one scene where a guy, like, gets stabbed violently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's like here, anytime anyone gets shot, like the wall is splattered with blood. There's the guy that comes up the stairs in the one scene that just gets massacred. Yeah, no, he gets it bad too, but like even when they're taking him out, it's uh, it's it's the, who the fuck is it? It's Jamie Alexander and Rodrigo Santoro characters that like, yeah. they get a shot really off at him, about... and then they have trouble pinning him down after that. Yeah. <laughs> On we the stairs. Up, uh, the one, the boyfriend character, the ex-boyfriend who's in jail. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who's an Iraq war vet with PTSD? They're like this is his chance through violence to redeem himself. <laughs> yes, but hey, look for American action movies. You got a simple arc. You satisfy it. You're good to go. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I gotta say, uh, because I I think I mentioned last time I just started watching Shit's Creek at the time of this recording, and mm. there's like. In this movie, there's this one small, quaint little town that looks like it all takes place in one strip of road. <laughs> I'm waiting for, like, Eugene Levy to come out. <laughs> they tried to do, like, Eugene Levy in, like, a buddy cop film once. Really? What, what the yeah. fuck one was that? <laughs> I think it was with uh, Sam Jackson. I gotta Google this. I wanna see it It's now. called, like, The Man. It might just be more of a comedy, but... No one remembers this fucking movie. I think you're right. Oh, he was in Like Mike. Remember Like Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Bringing Down the House with Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. I remember that trailer. Steve Martin betrayed me. (laughs) 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 Because as a kid, Steve Martin was like one of the first comedy guys I was aware of as a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's Steve Martin from The Jerk. He must still be making movies of the quality of The Jerk. <laughs> and then I go and see fucking shit like uh, it's Cheaper by the Dozen. And it's just terrible. I'm so sorry. 
Hope you bought some nice art with that, Steve. <laughs> Anyways, it just reminded me of Shit's Creek. That's all I wanted Remember to say. Remember the fucking Pink Panther? Inspector Clouseau? Remember that, remember that dog shit? <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I remember everyone fucking quoting that do- goddamn movie at me. The cheeseburger line. The burger. Fuck you, America. <laughs> what the fuck was wrong with everyone? Probably a lot. I mean, that was after 9-11. So. Yeah, but is it is it our hatred of fucking the, the fucking French? Because they wouldn't support us in the illegal Iraq war? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, and then Johnny Knoxville and Arnold roll up, firing machine guns. Yeah, that is amazing. Knoxville no, seems to know exactly what he's doing. I gotta say, I guess uh, Johnny Knoxville's not even his real name, right? I don't believe so, but we can just keep calling him that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he he's a guy who, like, understands that he looks like a guy named Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He also does look like his actual name. Which is Philip John Clapp. He doesn't look like a Philip, man. No, 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 but when you add the John Clapp at the end... John Clapp a little bit, but he's definitely more a Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> no, no, can't you imagine him with, like, a, a cigarette and a pair of glasses and then, like, a, a nice fitted suit being like, Hey, I'm Philip John Johnny Clapp, Clapp sounds see? like a guy who would be good at music, though. I think he'd play the guitar. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Here's Wonderwall. Have you a fucking party in your life? There's always <laughs> one douche with a fucking guitar. No, no, no. Play. It was always a uh, high school for me. And then Wonderwall got played. That is not a joke. Yeah. I know. Chris, <laughs> if you're I listening to this, I remember. Too. Those, I don't know. I guess they ended for you in high school. They hung in a lot longer for my, for me. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't even, we don't need to go into the whole action scene. It's just fun. It's just yeah, like It's just tons action. of fun, but I do want to mention some highlighted moments. I, I like when Arnold chases down that one dude who ends up on the roof too. And he jumps that, he jumps that guy off the roof and then. You know, uh, he jumps shoots, him off the roof and shoots him in the face. Yeah, and shoots him in the head as they fall. Yeah, it's like, the shot probably would have covered that, Arnold. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets like a funny quip at the end of it. Where it's like, how you feeling, Sheriff? Old. Yeah. <laughs> That I remember from the trailers, too. Yeah, that was in a lot And that made it seem like there was going to be more action sprinkled into the middle section of it. And there's not. And even though we kind of skimmed over it, that's not a problem. Like, it's really fun watching all these actors, like, play off each other and stuff. Yeah, the movie, the trailer made it look like he was going to be facing, like, multiple waves of guys throughout the whole movie. And no, it's just like, I mean, there's probably the the same. The last stand of the title. (laughs) I mean, there's probably, like, the same amount of bad guys here as there were in, like, the first Die Hard, honestly. Yeah. Probably, like, a dozen guys at most. I would, I would probably say so. Yeah. Um, um, and, of course, and we, we get also the, get one great moment. Yeah. Of uh, an old lady shooting a guy in the back of the head. <laughs> is it Miss Elazar? Obliged. Which is like, holy shit, I didn't know Arnold could say obliged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she has the great line, put the hurt on him, Ray. <laughs> that's my favorite Which, line of the movie. That's a total, like, Death Wish 3 moment. Like, <laughs> where, like, the old people just start coming together to help murder gang members. But hey, you know what? Apart from the inherently problematic elements of American action cinema, it's not, I, I, I don't feel like, low-key guilty about this movie because like sometimes i'll find myself watching older problematic stuff and you know maybe guilty is the wrong word but i'm like hmm definitely can't make this anymore and that's probably a good thing and you know like they're all 
They're all cops. <laughs> Honestly, I gotta say something. Like, I, I agree with that statement, especially the cop films. Like, those are definitely aging, like, horribly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I th- I honestly think that like awards pictures do more damage to the culture ultimately. Uh, no like, no. I I have seen movies that are like not action films, that like you can tell that this that these movies led to something, like like Crash, mm-hmm. or like JFK. Like JFK, a movie I love, but is like definitely kind of responsible for the weird conspiracy theory culture we live in. Yeah, I mean Green Book won because Trump was president. Yeah. Like, that's not a joke. That's, like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a response to that. Like, see, no, no, no. We we like you guys. (laughs) You know, like, it's that's what that win feels like. There's no problem, ultimately. Yeah. You know, if we all just learn to listen to each other. Because racism is definitely a two-way street. Here's something. That movie was so offensive. No one bothered to talk about how offensive that was to Italians. (laughs) That might be one of the most offensive Italian performances. (laughs) ever put the cinema um like luigi mario had less <laughs> problems uh, but all that to say um i find myself oddly even more comforted comforted with this film's like fantasy version of the american small town yeah. you know because it's like oh okay, well, yeah this... this is like a movie where the the hero can ride off into the sunset after a hard day's work Mm-hmm. You know, but it's also like you can tell this had like the the thing that like clearly won it over with some studio executive somewhere, where it's like, what if the plot was a Mexican guy guy trying to get back into Mexico? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I like, mean, there's a oh, line. the tables have turned. Yeah, and it's like, eh. but I mean, it's 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 funny <laughs> and it's like it's got its charms. It... You know, like. That is also kind of why I wish the villain was played by, like, someone else, like Peter Stormare. Yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think he would have had a better actor delivering that dialogue, you know? Unfortunately, I just think this movie doesn't get funded unless it's, like, a Hispanic villain or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's the issue, <laughs> unfortunately. Because mm-hmm. it's got to... But uh, none of the other guys are. <laughs> like, my problematic favorite video game franchise is the Far Cry series. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Try dissecting those politics, and uh, yeah. you're, you're going to have a lot of problems. Who's in the new one? Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito playing a not-Cuban dictator. No, but is he the new new one, or like, did they, I thought they announced... No, 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 that, that's the upcoming one that's coming out the later this year. One, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, and you know what, to, to those developers' credit, they were like, no, 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 this is an inherently political story. Whether or not we succeeded in telling a story that was more than just uh, an attempt at doing something political is on us. And I, I, I got to respect that. Well, it's better than those guys doing like a literal Iraq war game and being like, it's apolitical. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> the fact that they acknowledge like, hey, look, whatever pros or cons this is going to have, it's definitely political. So mm-hmm. the lowest possible bar, they finally cross it. So thank you. <laughs> The video game industry has keeps finding ways to get deeper, though. I know, I know. It's dragging fucking all of us with it. Yeah, it's 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 bad. I will say, I do like the uh, drive, the chase through the cornfield. I really like that. It looks cool too. Um, yeah, and, it's uh, a really like fun idea. Yeah, and uh, oh, the sound design throughout this movie, like we're talking about, like the violence and stuff. The sound design makes it hit a lot harder. And then when they're driving through the corn, it's like, it's yeah. like the corn cobs hitting the cars constantly. and it's, it Feels intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I have a little more mixed feelings about the final showdown, like the final last stand, only because it was very clearly shot on a green screen. Now, I'm sure yeah. that was for budgetary reasons. I can understand all that. You can't really find a place to film something like that. Yeah. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, just fucking put the bridge, like, in the middle of a desert. I don't know. We'll go yeah. there. Um, there are valleys near Los Angeles where you can do that. But, you know what? Movies don't just work. I think because it's going to be, like... So. Like, I gotta say, like, Arnold definitely showing his age a little bit in this one. There's a lot of, like, clear moments where he's using a body double. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, this final showdown kind of had to be him, so I guess you kind of needed a controlled environment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I understand it. I, I still don't think it works that well. But the actual, like, fighting is, is I do like. Fun. I like the, like, last bit of, like, Arnold being, like, the incorruptible American sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Of like the guy being like, just name a bank account. I'll wire you any money you want. <laughs> and then Arnold's like, you give immigrants a bad name. Yeah, which is quite the line. <laughs> and which is which is like a. It might be the first time Arnold has ever acknowledged that he wasn't an American <laughs> in an American action film. I'm not judging him on this, but it does make sense. It happens after he was governor. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something he probably said as governor. Mm-hmm. Like, when he was arguing about, like, whatever, the border. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if you guys would just come in the right way. Yeah, people, I came in the right way by becoming Mr. Universe. <laughs> 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 but, um, <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, remember, like, Republicans would, like, bang that drum of being like, we should build a wall at Mexico, never believing it because they just knew it could get people angry at immigrants, mm -hmm. and then they actually elected an idiot who wanted to build an actual wall along the border, which is impossible. <laughs> no, don't worry. Uh, Mexico still will pay for it at some point. Yeah. That is what well, no, you don't understand. He's, he's, a, he's such a business genius, man, that Mexico's already paid for it through the tariffs, man. So, like, we are paying for it, but Mexico's already paying for it. Don't you get it, man? America shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what... Don't don't worry, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> you only got to give it a few more years, and your dreams will come true. More like the disconnected states of America. <laughs> oh, the United, divided. <sighs> Little place for me to retire on. <laughs> What if he showed up suddenly at the end? Oh, he's the actual villain that's being like, transported got... in the trunk of the car. Yeah, yeah. they can fit him in because he's half a guy. <laughs> so that's that's the bridge awful. is a secret mechanical spider. <laughs> wow. Um... Arnold Schwarzenegger, you must bow to me and the Loveless Alliance, or I will decimate this here town. <laughs> um, well, it would be a very different film. It's amazing how this movie is very much, like, not a Western, but is more of a Western than Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah, but this movie also doesn't end with the heroes riding off into the sunset on a mechanical spider. <laughs> so... Who's the real loser here? Hey. Um, I guess that pretty much covers it. I guess we kind of skipped over the FBI agent who was actually a mole who was yeah, fake, taken I mean, hostage. 
it gives it the movie a little bit more to it, like especially that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, it explains why has... they don't just blow it up. Like, I mean, that's what. Yeah. That's why this movie is so like tightly constructed. Every question you have about like, why don't they just do this? It's like, well, here's why. You know, it has enough twists in it to keep you engaged. You know, mm-hmm. and not twists like a fucking Marvel movie where it just becomes a different movie every ten minutes. Yeah, and then you realize, but... oh, this was nothing. Like, no, this yeah. was something. Um, yeah. I watched this on Amazon Prime for my rewatch. I will gladly buy the Blu-ray and watch it again. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that I, I'm glad to support. We got we got to mention the one last gag of the movie though, mm-hmm. which is Arnold comes back and he had used the car that was parked illegally at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. Chase the guy down, it's all fucked up. The guy gets back, he's like, "What the hell happened?" He's like, "You shouldn't have parked there." <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. I laughed. I did an actual guffaw. At that line, I did not remember that line, <laughs> um, but that's perfect. That's that is ex- the exact kind of movie this is. Here's the payoff. I mean, here's the setup, and then here's the fantastic payoff at the end. I will say the one thing about it is that like they kind of set it up in a way where this guy's like, "Well, if there's a fire, move it." <laughs> like you know, so like you think, okay, there's gonna be a fire, you know, like you think that's what it's setting up, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, no, Arnold steals the car and uses it for a chase through a cornfield. Like, it's a very obvious setup, but the payoff isn't exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like, you know, I love Edgar Wright to death, but like, I feel like he's definitely influenced the like, really underlining a setup, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and then has to pay off in that exact way. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. You could have, you have a little to. more fun. Edgar with Wright is doing it. Let him do it. Yeah. Like, why would you want to just be a lesser Edgar Wright? <laughs> yeah, just be yourself and yeah, have fun. You know, you know, you're because you're not gonna be Edgar Wright. Yeah. Only a guy like him could make Scott Pilgrim work. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like any other director would have fucked that movie up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still really like that movie. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think weird... we're gonna talk about it on this series, but I really like that movie still. Yeah, you know what? That would fit the series, though. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It would. It like would totally fit. Should we do that next time instead? I don't know. <laughs> we're, we keep adding movies. Yeah, I know. This is supposed to be like a sidebar. But it's like a perfect one of those. <laughs> We have we have a couple more to go through at least for sure. Um, yeah, we'll have to think about that. But yeah, that one, that one's pretty good. Uh, I'd say it's better than the Last Stand, but for action junkies, like if you haven't seen the Last Stand, you're you're in for a real treat. So you're in for a check real it out. treat, and it's it's like barely a hundred minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I think the credits take up a lot of the running time too. So yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, you'll have a great time watching it. I would think. Yeah, if you don't Watch like it, it one night. fuck off. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I get it, whatever. Um, you probably just don't like action movies, and that's fine. You know, I'm It's just a stuff. shame that like we just don't make this movie anymore. This feels like, like something that but, would be on Netflix for a little bit, and then people forget about it. Yeah. Why do all the Netflix movies, like, I feel like Netflix could be churning out movies like this, right? Mm-hmm. But they, like, all, everything Netflix is churning out is forgettable. What the fuck is going on there? Remember how long ago we talked about how the YouTube pipeline kind of, like, bet its money on the wrong horses? I think the same thing's happening there in Hollywood where they're like, this person worked on this big successful franchise. Let's give them the keys to our kingdom, see what they give us. And it's like, oh, these people are actually hacks. Oh, shit. We don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, but even then it feels like they should be churning out something. 
you know? The Rooster Brothers are literally directing a movie called The Gray Man right now. If that doesn't signify everything that's wrong in Hollywood. <laughs> you mean the guys who did You, Me, and Dupree? Talk about a failed franchise. No, Matt, where can the people <laughs> find you? I'm at EmperorOTN1 at Twitter.com and Twitch. And you could find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, along with the Waffle Press. That's what I hey. should have said first, because you cannot find Diego at uh, Patreon. You can find the Waffle Press there. Waffle Press Patreon. Yeah, yeah, where you help fund our little show, SoundCloud, and and and, uh, and let's see what else. SoundCloud is really the Give big Diego one. Give Diego some money so he can have a career. <laughs> yeah, it it would be great to just have a little extra cash coming in. That's always very yeah. helpful. Because if the, if the world Diego will end career, in five years. If Diego gets a career, I will bring up all the shit he cut out of the podcast because he didn't want people to hear it, and I'll hold it against him, and then he'll get me in. <laughs> yeah, but I left your opening for Alien 3 in the episode, so... Hey, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> um, I don't even remember. We were, we were just doing like our normal shit talk, <laughs> and you were like, let me get my Mel Gibson tirade out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, oh, go, man. go check what out. What different, what a different time. Yeah. Oh my God. That was seven years ago. Yeah. Holy shit. That's, that's upsetting. You know what's hysterical? I've like changed my opinions on a lot of movies mm. in like the intervening few years. I fucking not a thing has changed with the alien franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still exactly where I was. That's okay. I love them all enough for the both of us. I know you do. I know. I know you do. Okay. But thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. You never know. Are you sheriff? Old. Who the hell are you? Bye. I'm the sheriff. Hey, hey.